0: Good afternoon. It's the Snake River Lib. Welcome. It's the Monday morning edition. Um, as promised, we're going to try to do three editions through the week, plus a weekend edition, uh, should it be merited. Today, we have some fun information to talk about. Um, well, fun, that is, unless you are a uh, Biden Democrat or a Biden, well, I was going to say a Biden Republican, but if you're a Biden Republican, you're a Biden Democrat. So uh, let's just start, shall we? Uh, Bloomberg, uh, not exactly a Republican news source, has a story out. Let me just give you the title of the story here. Biden COVID team derides Trump plan while borrowing playbook. Over the weekend, you heard how... And since essentially the inauguration, that things were far worse as far as dealing with COVID than what they were led to believe. Now, this is the same team, by, by the way, the Biden team, that said that the Trump plan was awful, the Trump plan was stupid, that they had a plan starting from day one to fix the problem. And then on day one, they came in, they said there's nothing they can do with the trajectory. Of course, that's not true. And and they're going to find out that in spite of their incompetence, the trajectory is probably going to be changed because of uh, the the vaccine plus viruses tend to weaken over time as it is, um, as it spreads out. So we're going to find out how that works anyway. So. But just as a hint, you know, Bloomberg here, like I said, not a conservative rag. Um, It's, I suppose, suitable for perhaps more than lining birdcages. But um, Bloomberg's pointed out that largely um, by the time Biden was inaugurated, the vaccine plan was already on a roll to meet Biden's goal, assuming that they can get enough vaccines uh, of the one million a day. We'll see how that goes, but I just wanted to point that out to you as as we roll along that, that the Biden plan is looking an awful lot like, uh, surprise, surprise, the Trump plan. Um, so that's really, <laughs> well, you know, it's it's no surprise, of course, at all to uh, Republicans or to people that are paying attention and, of course, to Trump people. Um, speaking of Trump people, uh, there are some people that are uh, um, uh, that wanted to challenge the election. Uh, Senator Hawley of Missouri, Senator Cruz of Texas in particular, who are going through an inquisition by the Senate Ethics Committee. What is their crime? They uh, ex- They um, used their constitutional authority to challenge electors. That's their crime. Did they have anything to do with what happened on January 6th? Of course not. In fact, they were in the Capitol. But the Democrats and the media, yeah, I know, that's redundant. Uh, have done an excellent job of painting anybody that would challenge the results of the election with a handful of, of uh, clown people who wanted to go and party in the Capitol. You can't really call it an insurrection. I don't care how much the liberal media does. Because, by the way, it's a very dangerous precedent, the liberal media being calling uh, what happened on January 6th an insurrection. I've said it before. I'm going to continue to hammer that. Because what they're trying to do is they're trying trying to put a serious wedge into any kind of dissent. Now, remember, January 20th, 2016, was the day that the resistance began against Donald Trump. Of course, it's not really, because the FBI had been spying on the Trump campaign for months prior to that and continued to spy on the Trump administration for months afterwards. But the resistance by the people began on January twentieth, twenty sixteen, uh, on one you know one part of Washington D.C. was the inauguration. On the other part uh, was the resistance smashing private buildings uh, and businesses, you know, lighting things on fire and stuff. And remember, the resistance was patriotic in twenty sixteen. Today, the resistance will put you in jail for simply posting memes. Yes, the FBI has done that. The FBI has uh, taken someone into custody for posting memes regarding the election. How about that? Freedom of speech at its best. But uh, Senators Cruz and Hawley are going to be judged by their ethics um, because of whether or not they had anything to do uh, with the January 6th. Oh, and speaking of January 6th, did you know that uh, three of the instigators may have planned that back in November of 2020? Now, you have to explain to me how these plans which were made in November were were driven by a speech that was given on January 6th. I don't know. Um, yeah. Let's talk about a few other things, because the Biden administration is going to be giving us plenty of things today. Um, Let's talk about, why don't we talk about the tax cuts, okay? What did we hear about uh, the the tax cuts, and in particular, the Trump tax plan, or the Trump tax cut? What is Biden going to do on day one? His plan was to eliminate the Trump tax cut. Do you remember that? All during 2020. Now, put aside the fact that eliminating the Trump tax cut would raise taxes on middle class. Essentially, if you paid income tax, eliminating the Trump tax cut is going to raise taxes on you directly. I'm not even talking about the indirect Causes of, of uh, increasing the, the uh, corporate income tax, etc. I'm talking about the direct effect of raising, of eliminating the Trump tax cut. Well, guess what? Now it appears to the chagrin of the progressives that perhaps they're not going to get rid of all of the Trump tax cut. Now, of course, to people who know things, meaning that you're not a Biden Democrat, that, of course, is no surprise. We knew that the Trump tax cuts were universal nearly in application as long as you paid taxes. But it was a great selling point. You know, we want to raise the taxes on the rich, and so we're going to get rid of these tax cuts. Well, guess what is about to happen? They're not going to get rid of all those tax cuts. And why? Not that it's a bad thing, by the way. But I just wanted to point it out. Because Biden lied. Democrats lied during the campaign. And if you think this is great, if you think this is shocking, wait till uh, I hit you with what I'm coming up with right after the break. I'll be right back. And we're back, leading off the second half here of the the podcast. I've been trying to decide whether uh, whether or not I should hit with the big story. Um, Probably not really big in most people's minds, but I think it's very important Um, or whether I should hit with some smaller philosophical stuff. I think I'll go with the big story first and we'll end with the op-ed, shall we? Okay, so let's talk about specifically um, the stimulus checks that are maybe coming or maybe not coming. Because here's what's going on. Right now, the the Democratic Party is catching a lot of flack because what they're sending out is they're sending out these little tweets. They're wishing, of course, that they had a a, a tweet following like President Trump did. Um, Or maybe in this case, they're grateful that they don't. Um, Saying that the $600 that you received um this past fall was just a down payment for the 2000 and that you'll be receiving1400 dollars uh, with this stimulus bill that they're working on right now. Well, you know that sounds all right I guess you know two thousand bucks that's kind of what they've said, right? Well, it seems people have, minds that remember things and not just Republicans on this one Democrats uh, rank and file Democrats are saying and they're po- posting tweets reminding Democrats that said wait a minute you said we were going to get an additional 2000 you didn't say anything about that 600 being a down payment for 2000 you said we were going to get 2000 in fact it was an issue in the Georgia Senate runoffs and may have been an issue one of the issues that tilted the election if you remember, there was a big problem with the stimulus where they wanted to do the the money, and McConnell blocked it because they Democrats being Democrats, they didn't want to give the money to the poor. They wanted to make sure that rich got the rich got their part too. Um, because remember, no matter how much the Democrats try to portray themselves as the party of the working class, they are not. Um, They wanted to um, include people who earned $300,000 a year or less in the stimulus package. That was one of the problems before. But in the campaign for the runoff, they were promising $2,000. And right now over on the tweet side, they're saying, "Uh, what's this down payment crap? You said $2,000, and now you're saying fourteen. You see, this is a problem when you're dealing with people and you're handing out free money, is it's never enough. And people are never grateful. Or people are seldom grateful. Let me back up. It's not never is the wrong word. People are seldom grateful for handouts for which they had to do absolutely nothing except sit there, or in the case of Democrats, vote a certain way, like slaves. There are many people who have equated the Democratic Party with the new plantations, and a new slavery where, except for instead of having to work the fields and and such, all you have to do is show up and vote when they tell you, vote Democrat. There's a lot of truth to that when you consider the percentage of blacks and other minorities that vote Democrat, often against their best interests. But that's not what I'm philosophical about today. Um, they were promised two thousand dollars, besides the six hundred. In fact, Orange Man Bad Trump wanted to give them two thousand dollars. And so the Senate runoff. They were promised that. And people don't forget that kind of stuff. You promise them something free. They don't forget it. And so you turn around and you show up and say, well, we already gave you 600. So here's 1400 more. You're going to say, excuse me. You said I was getting two thousand more. No, 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 no. Two thousand was the total. Shouldn't you be grateful that you didn't have to do anything to get this money? And that's the rub right there, isn't it? So Democrats are running into some problems, not with Republicans, but You know, I just kind of sit and laugh at stuff like that because when you promise things and then you turn around, because I guarantee you that that with the the saving the Bush or the the Trump tax cuts, if Republicans are smart, they're going to hit the airwaves with that. But that's assuming Republicans, especially establishment Republicans, are smart, and they're just like Democrats. So I wouldn't count on it. All right. Um, I've mentioned before I'm taking a class, uh, my final class for for my master's degree. Um, one of the things that's popped up is uh, a question of a little chart uh, tracking poverty that I highlighted is uh, that it was, a, it was a over highlighting poverty over the last uh, well since it started tracking it in 1959. 1959, we were coming out of a, out of a cyclical uh, downturn. if you remember JFK ran. what did he do? He, uh, JFK who would be a Republican today based on his uh, economic policies, slashed taxes, uh, got the economy going. Um, and then Johnson comes in, proposes all the entitlement programs of the Great Society, um, as well as affirmative action and other things, and flatlines the poverty level. And so our charts, you know, the, 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 one of the articles that we read talks about how the poverty level, you know, went down because of all these programs. But in reality, the programs didn't start until 1965. And yet the chart started in 1959, and so it shows the precipitous drop due in large measure to uh, JFK working on the tax cuts and such due to the fact that the, the country was coming out of a, a cyclical downturn um, and everything. So the the level of poverty was already on the decline. But then we hit the Great Society. And we get a flat line over the last 50 years. Uh, I would argue, of course, that the war on poverty has been a stalemate. In fact, I would say that when you consider the trillions of dollars... Uh, that we've thrown into the war of poverty upwards anywhere from twenty to fifty trillion, depending on how you count the money. That has been a catastrophic failure. And yet, here's this little chart showing how poverty was reduced, and yet that reduction all occurred before the programs that were specifically designed, that were specifically focused on giving aid to the poor were even legislated and signed into law. And so it is something so simple as that that gives the perception to people, see, the programs worked. But they haven't. No matter what you do, you're always going to have the bottom 15%. Now, look at the quality of life. Comparatively speaking, 100 years ago, most people did not have a refrigerator in their home. Compare that to today. You know, 60 years ago, how many people had a color TV? How many people have a smartphone today compared to 20 years ago? Compared to 20 years ago, how many people had a cell phone 20 years ago to how many people below the poverty line have a smartphone today? The argument can go on and on. The bottom line is this, is these tax policies, which they're going to be discussing with the Trump tax cuts, and they're deciding that they're going to soak it to the rich. We've been trying to soak it to the rich in this country now for well over 100 years as far as a progressive tax rate, and it's precisely during this past 100 years that the gap between the rich and the poor has grown. At what point do we say that maybe this uh, progressive tax rate is counterproductive? That's just my thoughts. What are yours? You might even say that if you're taking money from somebody to give it to somebody else, even if you're doing it through the law, that it is theft, nonetheless. It's the Lib. We'll talk to you in a couple days unless something so amazing happens that we do a special.